It's 6am, rise and shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Monday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser and you're listening to the Monday edition of The Grind. Monday after sports on the weekend. First time I could say that in a long time, but it feels good to do so. Baseball is back. Uh, A wild weekend of baseball as far as who was good, who was maybe not, and uh, and who is... uh, Maybe already on the IR. A few a few different pitchers uh, unable to go, scratched, and uh, a lot of different things to talk about in the baseball world. 40 days until it's football time in Tennessee. We'll talk about those, 1940. And the number 40, uh, as we talk Bill Bates, we talk Gail Sayers. Uh, we talk a lot of big-time number 40 players. But if you look across... Uh, the sports landscape, things are coming back together. Uh, is it in its normal form? Really, no. But uh, this weekend coming up, we're going to have major or National Basketball Association play. We have a little NBA action as the pool games will start, the uh, the seeding games, if you will. And uh, a lot of teams are, are already getting warmed up and doing some inter-squad stuff uh, that makes you think, that this is going to be um, be something fun to watch. You talk about um, the NFL; they're they're gearing up to get some fall camps and some some preseason stuff going on, and uh, a lot of uh, risk and reward type decisions are being made. And uh, we'll uh, we'll cover some of those uh, here just shortly. But want to open up today's show uh, with baseball because it was what brought the weekend to us and and got us through it and. And it was pretty amazing. I mean, you talk about Thursday and Friday being the opening days. And really, uh, Thursday showed uh, the Yankees getting the 4-1 the, the win over the, the Nationals and then the Dodgers over the, the Giants. We talked about that Friday morning. But then Friday was the, the, the common uh, opening day. Uh, a lot of different teams uh, hit, the, hit the fields that day. The Mets took down the Braves one to nothing, and really, uh, Martin was not his best there in that in that loss. And honest, Cespedes came back with a bang, uh, and basically took immediate advantage. And um, Homer's in that DH spot uh, to give the Mets the edge one to nothing. Um, the Reds get the victory over the Tigers seven uh, to one. Uh, you look at the box score in that one, see how how Mister. Mr. Former Vol Nixon Zell did uh, in the matchup. I'm going to try to pull that up. Uh, Nixon Zell uh, for the Reds. Uh, he he went to bat four times. Looks like he uh, he he didn't have the best of days there in center field, but uh, nonetheless uh, played our, on opening day. But the the Tigers uh, fall to the Reds, nonetheless, seven uh, to one. Kind of keeping on with uh, with opening day, you saw the the Tampa Bay race fall to the Blue Jays. Uh, that was a 
that uh, one where those guys are worried about where they're going to play their home games at, but they're going to have to go ahead and get some victories on the road. Uh, as the, the Blue Jays knock off the Rays, my computer wants to act up, so we're going we're gonna to take a pause here. The Brewers did not come out swinging really well. Kyle Hendricks convinces new manager David Ross uh, to let him finish a three-hitter, and uh, the Cubs do get the victory three to nothing. The Phillies uh, on opening day, not the brightest of days. Marlins get the victory five to two over the Phillies, the homestanding Phillies. And Jesus Aguilar uh, hit a two-run homer off Aaron Nola uh, as he pitches neatly uh, as the Marlins pitcher cleaned up what was uh, a, a tight ball game until that point. The Indians knock off the Royals two to nothing. The Red Sox take down the Orioles thirteen to two. The Rangers over the Rockies one to nothing. The Twins over the White Sox ten to five. Cardinals knock down the Pirates five to four. The Astros take down the Mariners eight to two. The Padres knock off the Diamondbacks seven two, and the Dodgers defeat the Giants nine to one. Uh, Jason Ward asked, do you think the Orioles would be tied for first at the end of the first weekend? No. No, I I would not. But at the same rate, uh, I I think a lot of these things are going to surprise us because the 60-game sprint, there's a completely different uh, different dynamic uh, to bring to the table. The Athletics take down the Angels 7-3 to to be the last game of the the official opening day, uh, July 25th. Saturday, uh, I think you look and and what was and what was a crazy uh, turn of events. I'm trying as my computer. Sorry, guys, my my computer is completely given up on me. It's given up on me. But no, no, Jason, to answer your question, you know, I thought I thought honestly uh, the Yankees uh, would be able to come out of this first weekend three and zero. They did not do that, and so uh, I, I think they're sitting there. Uh, basically, where they're going to be because uh, they they've uh, they've taken care of business. Now, whether that holds up or not, I think is is that's where the sixty game grind is going to going to really kind of be in there. But yeah, you've got the Rays, the Orioles, and the Yankees all sitting there at two and one, and the Red Sox and the Blue Jays tied uh, for second place, I guess, um, but also fourth and fifth in the division at one and two, respectively. Uh, but, yeah, coming out of the opening weekend, the Orioles, the Indians, the Astros, Braves, Cardinals, and Rockies uh, sit atop their respective divisions. Again, a lot of ties at the top of the division uh, with San Diego and the Colorado uh, being in a tie, St. Louis and the Cubs um, being in, in a tie, uh, the Marlins and the Braves being in a tie, uh, the Houston Astros and the Oakland Athletics are in a tie, and then the Indians, Tigers, and Twins sit in a tie as well atop the AL Central. Uh, but but it doesn't necessarily surprise me uh, just because of who they were playing. Uh, but at the same rate, Jason, I, I think this this whole dynamic of um, you know this whole dynamic of shoot to the finish, don't hold anything back, um, pour it out right now. I think you're going to see a lot of difference from a lot of teams uh, because I think you're going to see some people that aren't necessarily 
uh, strategizers or they're not really people that, that make a real good long-term plan, but they're pretty good for a couple months, they're going to be pretty good in this system because they don't, they don't have to think so far ahead. Uh, they, they try to be healthy here and now. They try to push here and now, and, uh, and it just kind of plays. I mean, I, I think I, I told somebody yesterday, I said, watch out for the Twins, which they were good last year, but watch out for the Twins, watch out for the A's. I think the Rays are – people are saying watch out for them, but I don't think they're a sleeper. I think people know they're good. But I'm saying the Twins and the Rays – or Twins and the A's, uh, keep an eye out for those guys because they're usually good at some point in every season. It's just a matter of can they sustain, can they keep it together, and honestly, can they get up and going uh, before it's too late because, you know, a bad couple weeks in this in this setup and it's a bad season. Uh, shortened season nonetheless. But Saturday saw the Brewers take down the Cubs 8-3 to on an 11-hit matchup. Christian Yelich and Justin Smock uh, hit long runs. Umpires intervened before a shouting match. Uh, so a uh, very, very classy outing there for Cubs and Brewers. The Orioles knocked down the Red Sox 7-2 to uh, to be part of what is that, that division-leading uh, victory there. Uh, as Anthony Sant... Santander and and Renato Nunez um, each drove in two runs, and the Orioles held off uh, a Red Sox team that was trying to to prevent, or I guess, to to hold up their home turf. The White Sox knock off the Twins ten to three. The Cardinals beat the Pirates nine to one. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, the Rays beat the Blue Jays four to one. The Phillies come back and get the Marlins seven to one. The Rockies knock off the Texas Rangers three. To two, the Astros beat the Mariners seven to two, and the Giants in a close one uh, knock off the Dodgers five to four. Uh, Wilmer Flores homered, and the Giants beat the Dodgers uh, to give uh, to give to break up what is a going to be a powerhouse of a of a franchise in the Dodgers. But nice to see that they are mortal at this early part of the season. Braves beat the Mets five to three, really in a comeback fashion. Extra innings, took it 10, uh, but I remember seeing it, and I'm watching the end of it. Uh, Jackson's birthday party was was about to start, and I went, oh, no, they're going to lose another close one. It's going to be – I think at that point it was 3-2, uh, to two, and it was Mets, and all of a sudden here come the Braves. They tie it up, take it to extras, and then boom, boom, right there in the extra innings. And, um, you know, the new rule kind of, uh, kind of took it to – to form there, uh, the Angels knock off the Athletics on Saturday, four to one. The Tigers beat the Reds six to four. The Royals knock off the Indians three to two. Yankees get walloped by the Nationals nine to two. Uh, Minus Strasburg did not hurt the the Nationals as they topped the Yanks nine to two on a on Robles three hit four RBI day. Uh, he jump started Washington's dormant offense and delivered three big hits, four huge RBIs. The Padres knock off the Diamondbacks to finish up Saturday in what was a, a full day of baseball. Uh, I love baseball is good in that regard. They don't necessarily slow into anything. It's like nothing and then like 17 games. And it was great. I, you can just turn it on, leave it on. No fans in the stands, but at this point, I'm just interested in which cardboard cutout they're going to hit with home runs this time. 
they've they've done a lot of good stuff, and and it's uh, it's funny uh, to see a lot of that stuff out there. But yesterday also had some scores to to talk about. The Marlins knocked off the Phillies once again, eleven to six. As they the the Phillies got four home runs in the matchup, uh, but the Marlins pitcher got through a hundred and sixty five pitch outing and get the win nonetheless. Zach Wheeler wait to make his Phillies debut unexpectedly, uh, but at the same rate, um, the Phillies couldn't get it done and couldn't overcome the visiting Marlins. The Yankees took down the Nationals 3-2. to two. They don't let the, the Nats toot their own horn in their own ballpark and take the series 2-1 to one, uh, as the Yanks did not let the Washington Nationals tool it out uh, as – they they had some opportunities, had some guys on base, but just couldn't get them home. And I think that speaks to kind of the small ball side of what, what the Yankees have in play uh, there. They didn't look great this weekend. Uh, two to one winners of the series and didn't necessarily show why they are the Bronx Bombers. Uh, I thought they knocked a few good ones. Carlos Stanton knocked one in, on opening day. Uh, but from beyond there, uh, it was very kind of – I don't know, a little helter-skelter, kind of had to get on base and play it that way. Uh, but nonetheless, they showed they could do that in a five hit, uh, kind of in the deficit in the hit category, but on the runs uh, really made the difference. Three to two victory uh, for the Yankees. The Tigers knocked off the Reds three to two as C.J. Cron hit a tie-breaking two-run homer in the ninth to put the Tigers over the Reds. The Indians knock off the Royals. 9 to 2 on on Sunday. Orioles beat the Red Sox 7 to 4. Uh the the Twins knocked down the White Sox 14 to 2. The Mariners over the Astros 7 to 6. The well and and again computer just loses its mind. Um Twins 14 14 to 2. Okay, Mariners 7 to 6 over the Astros 5 to 1 the Pirates take down the Cardinals. You're welcome, Jeff. Uh, Cubs 9-1 over the Brewers. The Rockies 5-2 over the Rangers. And then let this thing catch up. Uh, Athletics 6-4 over the Angels. Uh, really, uh, it's one of those deals. Uh, Shohei Otani uh, tried to come out, and uh, it was not the best of, um, best of outings for the Angels. Uh, talked to Joe Madden after the game, and he's talking about uh, just wasn't his day. He said there was no deception in his pitches, and that just uh, he, he wasn't throwing uh, what he's used to throwing. Uh, he he did not record an out in the first inning. He he barely got through uh, what was the first inning. Uh, he did not. He threw thirty pitches. Fifteen of them were balls, and uh, ultimately. When he walked off the mound, they had a 4-0 deficit uh, that they never could overcome. Lost the game 6-4. to Otani, uh, kind of in a tough spot because he can't go to the minor leagues to, uh, to, to have a rehab assignment. They don't have minor league baseball this year. So what, what's the deal uh, in that? How are they going to get him ready uh, for his next start? Or are they going to look to drop back and punt? I think that's a big discussion that Joe Madden and the Angels will have to have coming after this rough outing uh, that he had just yesterday. Diamondbacks knocked down the Padres 4-3. to Braves over the Mets 14-1. to I watched that game yesterday, and it was over in the fourth inning. It was 7-1 to 
in the fourth inning and and just basically everybody continued to crank things. I think Albies there in the the sixth or seventh inning knocked one out to make it fourteen uh, to one instead of twelve to one. I uh, just continued to to have a really nice day in the hitting category. Dansby Swanson uh, tied his career high with five RBIs and. Uh, and the Mets just looked uh, looked floundering a little bit yesterday. But the Braves all over it. 17 hits on the day. 14 runs came across to the Mets. They had six hits, and only one run came across the plate. The Giants took down the Dodgers 3-1 to in the nightcap. Unable to watch that one because it started at 10 p.m. But it puts the Dodgers at 2-2. Two and two. And if you look at it in the standings, uh, that really is a, uh, a tough spot for them to be. Because, um, you know, this season's not very long, so a slow start uh, for the Dodgers is not what's probably the cards had in mind. If you look at it, they're sitting uh, second to last. They're actually in second place in their division in the West, uh, but they're tied with the Giants, two and two. Uh, the Diamondbacks are the lone bottom spot, one and two, but they the, the Dodgers currently look up at the Padres and Rockies as they are tied atop the NL West, but uh, the opening weekend was great because there was actually stuff that mattered. Not that I've I've not enjoyed watching 30 for 30s, not that I've not uh, had a good time catching up on Peyton's Place or or the Book of Manning or, or heck, even doing projects around the house. Laura uh, makes it a point to tell most people uh, that I've put um, – Handles on the doorknob or handles on the doorknobs. I've put handles like door pulls on the cabinets. Uh, we've done a few different home projects, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I was ready for sports. Like school's about to start, sports are about to start. I mean, that's that's how this thing goes. So I was super excited for what the weekend was to look like. I loved opening day, Thursday and Friday, uh, and, and then it just boiled into the weekend Saturday and Sunday. The Yanks come out of it 2 and 1. Probably should have been 3 and 0, oh, but they weren't. Uh the Bravos come out 2 and 1, so both of the teams that I, I really appreciate and like sit atop their respective divisions in some way. Uh so I'm a, I'm excited uh going in to the next week. But if you look at what the the weeks have uh coming forward, uh it's every day. I mean, you look at it and 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 it's going to be baseball uh, from basically here on out. It's 60 games in 66 days, and uh, in those uh, in those w- open dates, uh, there's going to be a lot of um, there's going to be a lot of uh, of games in between. I'm sitting here trying to trying to get this thing pulled up, and of course, like I said, my computer hates me. Uh, games for today. Uh, let's see if there's any on the docket. Yes. Uh, 3.40 p.m. will be the start of today's baseball. You'll see the Athletics and Angels, Diamondbacks and Padres, Blue Jays at the Nationals, Cubs and Reds, and then the Braves and the Rays. I think that's going to be a really cool matchup uh, in St. Petersburg, Tropicana Field. Uh, the Braves travel uh, to the Rays, but I like I like that matchup. The Yankees will take on the Phillies in Philadelphia, uh, Citizens Bank Park. Uh, it'll start at 7.05 Eastern, so that's where I'll tune. Uh, Brewers and Pirates lock it up at PNC Park in Pittsburgh. That's 7.05 p.m. start. The White Sox and the Indians 
uh, will play the the Chicago White Sox, Cleveland Indians at Progressive Field in Cleveland, uh, 7-10 Eastern time start. The Kansas City Royals, Detroit Tigers will start their matchup uh, at Comerico Park in Detroit. Mariners, Astros uh, in Houston. Uh, Orioles and Marlins will hit it in Miami. And then the Mets and the Red Sox start at Fenway Park. So I like the uh, I like the slate of games for today. If you look at the Yankees and and, and uh, Phillies matchup, it's J.A. Happ and Jake Arrieta uh, that will hit the mound for, for Yanks and Phillies respectively. Uh, the line is New York by nearly one and a half uh, over and under ten and a half. I think I take the over on that one. I just see the Phillies and Yankees really – heating up uh, the bats and seeing what they can do with it. So uh, excited for what the day looks like. And and like I said, from now on, unless something happens, uh, it's baseball, baseball, and more baseball. So excited about that and hopeful uh, for what this 60-game sprint uh, will look like for the major leagues. Let's take our first break of the day. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, we're going to dive into some other hot topics from the weekend and talk more sports on a Monday here in the WKVL studios. You're listening 100.9 FM, 850 AM and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. 2020 has been anything but predictable, but there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maribel High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. So, if you or your business would like to support these great student-athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100. Or shoot us an email at info at wkvl.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. On Thursday, July 30th, 2020, the Maryville Huddle will host an online candidate forum. State House candidates for Districts 20 and 8 
as well as Congressional District 2 candidates, will participate. For more information, please contact the Maryville Huddle at MaryvilleTNHuddle at gmail.com. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grand from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got golf? iguanifarmsgolf.com, 970-7132. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with. And I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007. Or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Monday edition of The Grind. I I tell you, uh, stepping to football, things are starting to move around. You're starting to see some lights come on. And I tell you, uh, I usually don't give the Jets a whole lot of credit. Uh, But I think under the circumstances, I think they might have won the weekend. Uh, New York Jets made uh, what I'm calling a really good trade. Uh, not only did they unload a me-first player with a poisonous attitude, uh, but they they also parlayed it into probably one of the biggest hauls in recent history, a package from the Seahawks that included first-round picks both in 21 and 22. And, you know, there's players out there that are worth that kind of money. And as as we speak, let's, uh, let's jump to the phone lines. Looks like somebody uh, either agrees or maybe doesn't. Hey, you're on the grind. What's going on, boss? Hey, what's up, man? Not much. I got a couple of things I'd like to talk about. Uh, first off, go ahead and finish your, your trade deal here with the Jets. I'd like to hear what you got to say about that. Well, I just feel like, you know, the 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 Seahawks, everybody needs a good back end. I think, you know, how, how good you can close off the back end means a lot. But they gave up uh, the world for not only just a safety, 
but a safety who's really not known for intercepting the ball and a safety who wants to get paid like a pass rusher. He's a he's a locker room nightmare and yet they gave him they gave him, you know, all world money. I just I thought if anybody came out of this smell like a rose, it's the New York Jets and I don't I don't know when the last time I could say that was. Right. I mean that's I mean that's where Seattle got their start in the recent run they had a few years back, I think was with uh the Legion of Boom or whatever they had, whatever they called it over there. Oh yeah. But Richard, you're talking got, about Sherman, right? Yeah, I think they're trying to get their their defense back to to where it was. If they can do that, then they know Russell Wilson's going to score enough points to beat most teams, you know. And, and it's real possible, but I I, uh, I just don't know that uh, Jamal Adams um, from a locker room situation is a good good fit. But again, Pete Carroll has been known to be able to deal with personalities, so we'll see if that's that's what happens there. But I just thought they gave up a lot. I mean. I don't know if there was some behind-the-scenes negotiations or they just went straight to this deal. Uh, but if I'm the Jets, and and I think their their uh, GM's name's Douglas. Let me see. Yeah, Joe Douglas. Uh, I bet you he was like, I'm going to get a few more years out of this deal. Yeah. Like, if I make this deal, they're giving me everything. There's no way I can turn it down. Right. Hey, a couple, of, a couple other things I'd like to talk about. Uh Jabari Davis of Legends Camp this past weekend. I, I, I saw some pictures of that, and I heard it was went real good. A buddy of mine went to it actually, and uh, he said it, he said, "Man, he said I've heard some stories this weekend," and he was he was amazed. Tony Robinson was there. I mean, a bunch of the legends from Tennessee football was there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, I saw the pictures on Facebook also. I you know that that camp's a really good thing for young kids. Uh, you know, for for a, a a group of kids, whoever went, you know, if you went and had a good time, that that's what what it was about. But I just to get people back on a football field, get their mind away from COVID, and, and really just uh, just have a good time. Look like they were were showing some really good drills. And yeah, I saw I saw Eric Westmoreland, T. Rob, Cedric Houston, uh, a lot of a lot of great former balls. Yeah, and look, on the MLB side, real quick, a couple of things. Uh, here, do you? This is what I was thinking this weekend. You know, I saw a couple of instances where the bullpen kind of gave up some gave up some runs. Do you think managers would be more apt to go ahead and pull the pitcher if he looks like he's struggling at all because the season's so short and every game means so much this year? Or do you think they would? I mean, would you save your bullpen? I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. What would you do in that spot? See, and the designated hitter rule kind of helps managers, I think, you know, because you don't really have to worry about, well, at least this guy can hit. He's kind of struggling, but at least he can hit. Well, that you don't really have to worry about that in the in the National League. But, no, I think I think you've got to get that experience out there. I think if, if, if that pitcher's struggling, uh, you don't really have an option uh, to throw him down there to, to, to the minor league and get him better for a late-season run. You kind of got to let him battle. Uh, with the new rule where they have to finish the inning, uh, you know, I think that's, um, you know, or at least the the next pitcher in has to to face an entire inning. Uh, I think that that helps get some experience. But no, to me, uh, what do they say? Smoke them if you got them. Uh, I say put them out there. Okay, cool. What'd you think about Otani? I think he's a he's a victim of no minor league system. Man, that was 
That was a, that was a rough go for him, wasn't it? Fifth, he he threw thirty pitches. Fifteen were were balls. Mm. And then what did he give up? What four runs in the first or yeah. something before he didn't even get an uh, he did out? Did he? He didn't get an out, and he left two on and had given up four runs. Well, <laughs> they're still paying him. I mean, it's one of those deals. How do you you walk back to the bullpen and go, well? That didn't go well. Right, yeah. They said his interpreter. I feel like even if he could speak English, he wouldn't have used it then. I'd say not. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, you have a good day and uh, enjoy the show. All right. Thanks, boss. Mr. J. Ward calling in, giving us a little scope on, on three different topics. But, again, uh, I think he makes a good point about this Jamal Adams case. They're trying to rebuild in Seattle, and, and I'm just not a big Jamal Adams fan. One, I thought he was a little brash when he played at LSU, and then now he's he's going to go out there to Seattle and be paid like how he, he feels like he needs to get paid, uh, but nonetheless uh, be a big cog in what is uh, the new the new look Seattle defense. Um, the blown away is a, a word that I've heard say about this, this trade. Uh, the way the Jets got this much for that player uh, seems to be pretty surprising. It says, considering Adams jeopardized the Jets' leverage uh, with, with basically public whining, uh, so that they kind of see what they're getting from a character standpoint. Uh, this marks only the eighth time since 2000 that a player was traded for first two first-round picks, according to ESPN stat and information. Uh, it has happened three times in recent years where quarterback, cornerback Jalen Ramsey, Laramie Tunsil, and defensive end Khalil Mack, they all uh, called for multiple first-round draft picks to get moved. Uh, all three players are at premium positions. Adams is a strong safety, a pretty good one, but not worth uh, upwards of $17 million a year, which is what he wanted on a contract extension. The Jets wanted to wait until 21 to extend. Uh, Adams wanted one now. Uh, when he realized it wasn't going to happen, he behaved like a spoiled teenager taken to social media to rip the Jets and the rest of the organization. Wonderful talent, hyphen, bad leader. Uh, privately, the Jets were, were pretty upset, especially when Adams ripped uh, Woody Johnson, the team owner, for allegedly uh, making racist and sexist remarks. Uh, in, his rule, in his role as a United States ambassador, uh, Adams went after Coach Adam Gase, an easy target, questioning his leadership in an interview with the New York Daily News. And then Adams seemed okay with Gase in late January, but after no money, uh, now I'm not uh, happy with the coaching staff. Um, the tantrum started when Adams realized his contract extension wasn't coming, uh, but with two first-round picks in each of the next two drafts, Douglas has the ammunition to rebuild a roster. Um, the downside is the picks probably won't will be in the bottom third of the round, assuming the the Seahawks are winners and continue to do so. Uh, another concern is the short term side of it. The Jets' defense probably will slip a notch without Adams, a dynamic safety whose versatility allowed Greg Williams to cook up some effective schemes, but. Uh, McDougal is a longtime starter who recorded five interceptions over the past two seasons. Uh, he will be a backfill that they can use immediately and then get into the draft um, 
and do some damage. At the safety positions, the Jets will make do with Marcus May and Ashton Davis, uh, some newcomers uh, that, that are going to be have to be a big part of what the Jets are doing now. But Douglas uh, could have helped his 2020 team by dealing Adams before the draft. Uh, maybe shows a little lack of foresight there. Not surprising. Uh, but no, didn't have to pay the big extension, so they will have a lot of cap space uh, to be had there. However, this does continue uh, to be somewhat alarming uh, for the Jets. Have They have traded five of their six first-round picks from 2013 to 2017. Um, it's fair to wonder what are they doing. Uh, do they not want to pay people? Do they not like what they have? Um, they haven't made the playoffs since 2010, so I think yes is the answer to both, maybe. Uh, but don't blame Douglas. Uh, he's been on the job for just one draft class and uh, we'll see if this this is a move that cleans that up as they do have picks and a lot of times late first round picks uh, can be just as dynamic as early ones I mean you've seen just as many busts at the top as you do in the later part of the first round and the nasty breakup uh, you know is is only going to be one that hopefully they can use as fuel moving forward uh, basically, you know, Gase and Adams look like they're going to they're gonna go their separate ways as Gase will stay with the Jets and, and Adams will move on to Seattle. A pretty good gap in between them as New York and Seattle is a fur piece apart. But it's certainly something to watch as the coach prepares for his second season and, and Adams will be with a new franchise. Unlike at Miami, uh, Gase doesn't have – the final say on a roster, so that's one thing that he was not a part of this decision, but Douglas uh, has dealt Jamal Adams and will now rebuild an Adam Gase Jets team to see what they can do uh, in the short-term future, 2020, but moving forward into the next couple drafts. But, you know, I I think Jamal Adams, I I don't know. Uh, I I think he he has the potential. And and that's the thing. There's not – there's not an NFL player that doesn't have the potential to be great. That's why they're in the NFL. They're good uh, because they were good in college. They're great because they, they've been able to stick around and look to get big-time paydays. But the problem is uh, that that between-the-ears competency, that, that between-the-ears, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say, like that chemistry, that, that leader side, that, that humane side, uh, those things have to click as well to, to be a good locker room leader. And uh, Jamal Adams just doesn't seem to have that. Not that he can't uh, recover and build one, uh, but at the moment he doesn't come with that already equipped. So nonetheless, the the Seahawks are going to have to manage that. And then the Jets have a void uh, that they can hopefully backfill uh, with some, some big-time talent in the next couple of drafts. But um, – Maybe the biggest win for the Jets since 2010 is they can't make the playoffs, but they have been able uh, to do that. Other other news in the NFL is the uh, everybody's got their own way of dealing with COVID-19, and the NFL is trying to trying to create that identity. They're trying to do that in in putting together a a uh, contract for coronavirus as uh, as uh, they're they're doing a uh, what not to do list. And uh, NFL Players Association have agreed to a certain uh, high-risk activity uh, ban, if you will. Uh, a memo sent by the NFL Players Association uh, to agents this weekend um, 
says there's several rules governing players' contracts, opt-out provisions, and contractual consequences of a canceled season. The memo says that the final language of Friday's agreement between the league and players will appear in a side letter that is still being negotiated, but really it's a summary of major aspects of COVID amendments. Uh, The basics have been dealt with, and the final section of the memo is devoted to the fact that players will be held responsible for the way they circulate in public while the coronavirus remains present. Uh, I'm trying to find some of the ones that uh, are going to be involved because it's it's interesting how they pick and chose what the, the wording they used and, and how to say this. Basically, to be clear on the procedure, players are required to test negative twice before they'll be allowed to enter team facilities at the start of training camp. Any player who's diagnosed with COVID-19 after two negative entry tests will have his condition diagnosed as a football injury per the NFL and NFLPA agreement. The team will be able to place that player on COVID-19-specific injured list uh, from which he will be allowed to return after meeting criteria. Uh, The members also state that club and NFL can challenge designation as a football-related injury if it can prove that the player contracted COVID-19 through engaging in high-risk conduct listed below. Uh, This issue remains open, it says in parentheses, but it says, per the memo, the NFL defines high-risk conduct as attending an indoor nightclub with more than 15 people. So I guess an outdoor nightclub's different. An indoor bar with more than 15 people other than to pick up food. So there's there's the first loophole. There's I was there to pick up food for hours. Uh, an indoor house party with more than 15 people. An indoor music concert or entertainment event with more than 15 people. A professional sporting event other than applicable NFL games or events with more than 15 people. And an indoor religious service attended by more than 25% of a venue's capacity. Wow. I mean, I'm I'm not a rule breaker, but I feel like I could pretty much master all of these. And here's the deal. They're, they're going to lace this thing. I think it's going to put uh, a little bit of pressure on the players. I'm really surprised they agreed to some of this uh, because here's the deal. Toward the end of a contract or if there's some negotiations that aren't really going well, well, I saw you at that nightclub and there was 17 people there. I saw you at that house party and there was 25 people there. You're all, all of a sudden uh, disqualified, what have you, da-da-da-da-da. Um, especially late in the season, if there's a team that doesn't have a lot to lose but has a lot to gain from uh, finding one of these these situations to be true. But it says players are going to have to be careful outside of the building. Uh, L.A. Rams tackle Andrew Whitworth said last week on a conference call disclosing that he and his entire family – got the virus after one of them went to lunch with a friend. All it takes is one exposure, and it spreads like wildfire. Other items addressed in this week's player memo uh, said there will be no reduction in 2020 player salary or bonuses if there is a complete NFL season. Uh, so so anyway, um, $17 million in 2020 player benefits have been canceled, including the second career savings plan, tuition assistance, and playoff bi-week pay. Uh, those benefits will be repaid to players 
uh, through a new benefit after 2023. Most of the canceled benefits would have been new this year under the CBA signed in March, and they will instead begin in 2021. If at least one week of NFL game is played, players who were on a team week one roster or practice squad will not have their contract toll and will receive one full credited season for the purpose of pension and benefits accrued uh, seasons toward free agency. A player who chooses to opt out of the 2020 season must inform his team in writing within seven days of the finalizing of the side letter. Uh, his contract will toll, meaning it will pick up next year where it, where it is now. As long as he earned accredited season in 19 or was drafted in 2020, he will get a stipend of $150,000, which will be treated as a salary advance and come out of the future year's paycheck. So, wow, that's a pretty hefty cash advance. A player who chooses to opt out because he is at higher risk medical category will get a $350,000 stipend that is not an advance against future salary, and he will receive an accrued season toward free agency or credited season towards player benefits and minimum salary. Uh, the memo lists 15 conditions that qualify as long as a player has a diagnosis. Uh, one of them uh, is – of his medical records prior to the, the agreement. Um, the high-risk categories are cancer, kidney disease, COPD, weakened immune system uh, from solid organ transplant, uh, serious heart condition, uh, all of the things that are that are associated with that, type 2 diabetes, asthma, uh, wow, so cerebrovascular disease. I'm just glad I got through that. Cystic fibrosis, hypertension, high blood pressure, weakened immune system, bone marrow transplant, immune deficiencies, HIV, uh, use of uh, corticosteroids, corticosteroids, I don't know, or use of other immune-weakening medicines, neurological conditions such as dementia, liver disease, or pulmonary fibrosis. I'm not saying that any of those are good or any of those are really, really bad, but a lot of those I don't know how you could be in the NFL and have those. So, I mean, I get the, the, the diabetes and some asthma and some things like that, but some of that stuff, I'm like, how are you? How would you play last year if you had some of that stuff? A team must offer separate housing to a player who has high-risk individuals living with him if the player requests it. Uh, if the season is canceled before final training camp roster cut down, any player who's on training camp roster earns a 2019 credited season uh, if you were drafted in 2020, you will get a $250,000 stipend uh, and NFL health insurance. A player who did not earn a 2019 credited season uh, will get a $50,000 stipend. So it's, uh, it's all about when and if things happen and how these things are going to go. But uh, ultimately, the NFL has rolled out some, uh, some criteria for what would happen if you, uh, if you play the cards wrong and necessarily – how you're going to get paid should you do so. So they're they're breaking things down on a dollar figure level, and they are going to keep that stuff under tight wraps. But the NFL is going to push on, hopefully, and get something going here in the next few weeks. But uh, baseball and football discussion complete. When we come back, 40 days until it's football time in Tennessee, Bill Bates, Gail Sayers, and more to be talked about. 40 days. We'll be right back.
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. In response to the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak and in what the Blunt Partnership sees is the best interest of its visitors, employees, and community, Taste of Blunt, slated for September 10th in Maryville, the Townsend Fall Festival scheduled for September 25th and 26th at the Townsend Visitor Center, and the Best of Blunt Awards, booked in October, are canceled. The events will not be rescheduled in 2020. These fall events are cherished productions that the community looks forward to annually, but the current environment is not conducive to holding large events where physical distancing is difficult. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grand from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. 2020 has been anything but predictable, but there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maribel High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. So, if you or your business would like to support these great student athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100. Or shoot us an email at info at WKVL.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve. The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. 
we will continue to be a resource for all businesses, as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Monday edition of The Grind. As as we click over to another Monday, it's 40 days until it's football time in Tennessee. We are just slightly over maybe five weeks, six weeks away uh, from football time in Tennessee. Defensive back Bill Bates is who we focus on today. 40 was his number for the Big Orange, 40 for the Cowboys uh, Bill Bates was a second-team All-SEC performer with the Vols during his career. He played in 43 games, racking up 255 tackles from 79 to 83 before going on to a big-time career with those Dallas Cowboys. The Knoxville native won three Super Bowls and played in the 84 Pro Bowl after being an undrafted free agent. He enjoyed a 15-year career in Dallas. He was inducted into the Greater Knoxville Sports Hall of Fame in 2005 and is also a member of the 100-year All-Tennessee team. So Bill Bates, defensive back 80-82, to will be a big-time 40 uh, on this list. Austin Johnson, fullback, 2008-11. to He said the reason he wore 40, he said, I wore 40 because when I was in high school, I wore 35, and when I arrived at UT, 35 was not available. So they gave me some options on what I could have worn, I chose 40 due to the fact that 9-11 had occurred a few years before and there had been a lot of media coverage on Pat Tillman. Uh, Pat Tillman wore 40, and as I looked into his story and how he sacrificed his career for our country, um, and I thought it would be an honor to wear a number such as 40 at the University of Tennessee and try to live my career at Tennessee with nothing but sacrifice and dedication towards the program. So, uh, that's a that's a great story and a great reason uh, to rock the four and the zero. All-time number forward, number 40, Ralph Eldred uh, is the first 40 to come to Tennessee, 37 and 38. Webster Hubble, 39 through 41. Don Shipley, 1945. Dillard Whittier, uh, 1946. Bobby Bringle, uh, 52, 3 and 4. Al Carter, 55, 6 and 7. Bobby Finley, 58 and 9. Jackie Pope, 1960. Hal Wantland, uh, 1963. Mike Mondelli, uh, 65, 6 and 7. Mike Jones, who? In 1968 and 69. Kevin Melum, uh, 1971. Ernie Ward, 73, 4 and 5. Bobby Emmons, Emmons, um, 1976, 7 and 8. Lion Fleming, 1979. Bill Bates, 80, 81 and 82. Lavozier Fisher, 
1983, 4-5, Shazon Bradley, 88, 9, 90, and 91. Funny story. Uh, Shazon Bradley, when he would go to uh, to block and, and to tackle, he would just get everybody in his path. And I remember he used to, to hit Tennessee players as much as he hit everybody else. And I'd say, get the ones in white, Shazon. Uh, Chris Harris, 1993. Billy Ratliff, 96, 7, 8, and 9. Billy, uh, one of the big reasons uh, for the stumble fumble uh, for Arkansas that kept Tennessee perfect in 1998. Dustin Colquitt, 2001. Marvin Mitchell, 03, 4, 5, and 6. Nick Reves, 2007. Jack, Jake Story, 2009. Chris Cates, 2010 and 11. Austin Johnson, 2008 through 11. Uh, Raquez Crump, uh, 2012. Alex Ellis, 2012 through 14. And then your current ball to wear the number 40 is Fred Orr, running back, 5'11", 205, redshirt freshman out of Valdosta, Georgia, by way of Northeast, uh, Clarksville, Tennessee. Um, a, a good player and a guy that hopefully, coming off a redshirt season, uh, will have an opportunity to make an impact. If you look at Hall of Famers, though, to rock the number 40, you don't have to go far before you find the Kansas Comet Gail Sayers. Gail Sayers, he said, I had a style all my own. The way I ran, lurchy, herky-jerky. I kept people off guard, so if I didn't have that much power when I hit a man, uh, he was off balance and I could knock him over. Uh, so he had a way uh, to get through his uh, his options. Seven seasons in the NFL, a class of 1977 enshrinee. Uh, Gail Sayers, six foot 198 out of Kansas, Gail Eugene Sayers, Kansas All-American, exceptional breakaway runner, and scored a rookie record 22 touchdowns, 132 points in 1965, led NFL rushers in 66 and 69, named an all-time NFL halfback in 1969. He was all-NFL five straight seasons, player of the game in three Pro Bowls, and career totals in seven seasons. 9,435 yards, 4,956 rushing yards. Uh, that was total points with the or total yards with the 9,400. 336 points. He is NFL lifetime kickoff return leader. Born in Wichita, Kansas, 1943. Gail Eugene Sayers, the Kansas Comet, rocked the number 40 in the Hall of Fame. If you look at the year 1940. Uh, there was some champions to be had in that regard as well. You look at uh, American football, the Chicago Bears defeated the Washington Redskins 73 to nothing. That's not a misprint in the NFL championship game. The game still holds the record for highest score and biggest win in National Football League history. The national champs of, of college football, who you ask? The Minnesota Golden Gophers. Uh, yes, the P.J. Fleck-led Gophers were uh, were national champions in the year 1940. I don't know that I agree with that, as Tennessee had a great season as well, but nonetheless, that's the way it was. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds defeat the Detroit Tigers in the 1940 World Series by four games to three, and the NBL Championship saw the Akron Firestone non-skids, that was the name, uh, win three games to two over the Oshkosh all-stars the akron firestone non-skids three games to two over the oshkosh all-stars 
The eighth South American Basketball Championship is won by Uruguay, and that's the year 1940. But, hey, we're done here on a Monday. Don't miss Tuesday, just one day away. If you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and, yes, grind on.